storm of burden in my life Every time I am troubled by A storm of burden in my life It alleviates my pain Habibi Ya Rasulullah It alleviates my pain Habibi Ya Rasulullah Habibi Nahmaduhu ونصلي ونسلم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد رسوله النبي الامين المكين الحنين الكريم الرؤوف الرحيم اما بعد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم dear audience and respectable guests in this session we are going to study some ahadith from a sahih al-bukhari sahih muslim and other great books of sihasitta explaining and understanding the character of islam as the religion of peace as a religion of love as a religion of convenience and easiness as a religion of kindness and softness and as a religion of mercy and compassion through the sunnah and holy conduct of the prophet of islam sallallahu ta'ala alaihi wasallam almighty allah declared him the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be the mercy for all words mama arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil alamin it was declared that holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stated that he was raised as mercy for the mankind innama bu'istu rahmatan walam ubath la'ana it was declared by holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the deen of islam is in fact the deen of mercy the deen of softness the deen of openness where there is no scope of narrowness and hardship islam is a deen which does not allow any place for heaviness and cruelty islam does not leave any place for harshness islam is kindness and islam is softness islam is deen of good and not a religion of evil islam is a religion of justice islam is religion of balance and moderation and not a religion of extremism islam is religion of forgiveness and religion of pardon and not a religion of terrorism islam is religion of saving the lives and not killing the people 
so we are starting some glimpses of the life of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to establish this fact starting from a very beautiful narration of hadith transmitted by ibn hazal in connection of the punishment of maiz bin malik when he committed a big sin so ibn hazal says that my father asked me to take maiz bin malik to holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for the execution of had execution of the punishment fixed by sharia so maiz bin malik one of the companions this hadith is muttafaq alayhi he came to holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and requested ya rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam i have committed such and such sin faqim alayya kitab allah so execute the punishment of fixed by almighty allah on me faarada anhu holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam turned his face and didn't pay any attention to his request faada faqala faltu kadha wa kadha then he repeated the words that i have committed a sin faqim alayya kitab allah he said second time execute the punishment fixed by almighty allah on me faarada anhu thum atahu thalisa holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam again turned his face didn't pay any attention to his request and he repeated the same thing third time holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam again turned his face and did not respond to him so there were three confessions on his behalf three confessions and in spite of three confessions and emphasized request for the execution of punishment holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't pay any attention to his request then he requested fourth time only this time holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him that you have confessed commission of this sin four times what are the details of your sin whom you have committed this sin with then he asked another question then he did further cross examination did you do this did you perform this did you perform like this holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went on asking questions and questions in that cross examination to clarify the situation undoubtedly to remove all doubts and all possibilities of doubts from the confession and he went on confessing and he went on admitting 
his commission of sin on every question of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam even then holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not ready to execute the punishment he then sent some of the companions to his family to his tribe and ask fasalahum abhi janunun and he asked go and ask the people of his family and tribe is he mentally ill is he fine they said yes he has no problem in his mental health he is absolutely normal after all these clarifications holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to execute the punishment fixed by almighty allah he had to execute the punishment when no room for relaxation was left the reason why i chose this hadith is coming in next question in next word, words then it is stated by the same hadith has been reported by imam ahmad bin hanbal also when the punishment was executed holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was grieved he was sitting in the company of companions silent all of a sudden he spoke and he said to the companions and particularly to ibn hazal he said halla taraktumuhu allahu yatub fa yatubullahu alayhi this was the concern of my beloved prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this was his merciful status this was his compassion this was his softness of heart this was his kindness he said why you didn't leave him why you didn't conceal his sin why you brought his case to me if you had not brought his case to me and you had concealed him maybe he would have gone for repentance and if he had repentance almighty allah might have forgiven and pardoned him in spite of the had of sharia holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted his repentance and forgivingness of almighty allah for him this character of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and conduct prophetic conduct based on mercy and compassion demonstrates the stance of islam how softness and kindness and mercy and compassion has been emphasized by islam in its teaching so islam does not preferably does not preferably recommend the punishments and execution of punishments islam prefers repentance and forgiveness and purification of heart that's why you remember my lecture of last night i gave you 
a description of the division of laws primary laws and declaratory laws and i told the main objectives of sharia are to enforce the primary laws and not the declaratory laws so keep in mind that the all of the punishments are not included in primary laws punishments come under the purview of declaratory law because punishment is al hukmul wad'i and not al hukmut taklifi only if a sin and crime is committed so commission of a crime becomes the cause of execution of a punishment so punishment is never required an objective in itself so islam does not require does not want a society where punishment should be enforced harsh punishment should be executed islam does not require such a society society of execution of punishments islam requires a society spiritually purified where there is no reason of commission of sin where there is no reason of commission of crime so that the execution of punishment may be avoided as much as possible so islam is not for execution of punishment islam is for avoidance of execution of punishment then again the same hadith from another tariq another sanad reported by imam ahmad in musnad and imam abdul razzaq in al musannaf and imam ibn abi shayba in al musannaf and imam nasai and imam tahawi and this is also al isnad as sahih whereby holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed ibn hazal said ya hazal law kunta satartahu bisawbik kana khairam mimma sanata bihi o ibn hazal the act which you have performed you brought mais bin malik to me and you got him executed by the punishment this was your act if you had left him and if you have hidden him with your cloth and you have not disclosed his sin to me this act would have been better than the act which you have performed i would have been more pleased if almighty allah would have been forgiven him on the basis of his repentance this aspect this this word these words of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talks what was the preference of the heart of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam i am going to give various glimpses of the seerah of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from al hadith an nabawi now islamic attitude towards the killing of women and children whether islam permits their killing or not i am not talking of killing of innocent people there is no question of killing of innocent people on this earth i am talking of those women and those children 
who were found in the battlefield during a war those who were combatant those who were participants of war against islam it is reported by abdullah bin umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu and again this hadith is muttafaq alayh related by imam bukhari and imam muslim unanimously abdullah bin umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu says wajadat imra'atun maqtulatun fi ba'd maghazi رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فنها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن قتل النساء والصبيان this hadith has been related by imam bukhari in kitabul jihad so this is the concept of jihad and this is related by imam muslim in kitabul jihad babu tahreem qatl an-nisa'i was-sibyan Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu ta'ala no relates that during a war during a fight some lady was found killed a dead body of lady was found in the battlefield who was killed during the fight it means she was not found her dead body was not found in her house her dead body was not found in a church her dead body was not found in at, a, at her working place no her dead body was found in a battlefield fi ba'd maghazi rasulullah during the war it means she was one of the combatants she had joined the army of the enemies of islam and she was fighting against the army of islam during that fight she was killed and she was murdered her body was found so holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was informed so there and then he strictly prohibited the killing of women and children in spite of the fact if they were combatant in the battlefield you can't kill the women and children this is the stance of islam so according to the sunna of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if the ladies and the children they cannot be killed even if they are combatant even if they are fighting against muslims even if they are found in the battlefield even if they are killed during the war if the children and the women are not allowed to be killed by the muslim soldiers how the children and women can be killed in their working place and in their houses and how the children and women who are innocent non combatant can be permitted and allowed to be killed those people who claim to be the jihadis who claim to be the leaders of islam who are raising the slogans of islam and slogans of jihad by mistake and they are straight away through their suicidal bombing and through their attacks on the innocent people working in embassies working in the churches working in the mosques working in the working place busy in their business busy in their houses if they are killed by a single bomb this act is totally against the sunnah of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because the prophetic sunnah 
and teaching of Islam is that the ladies and children cannot kill, be killed even in the battlefield. Then Holy Prophet compassion and his concern with the ladies, his concern with the rights of women. This would be totally wrong to think that Islam does not fulfill the rights of women. This hadith has been related by Imam Muslim in Kitabul Ashreba. And it is transmitted by Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He relates that there was a Persian neighbor of Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A neighbor. Inna jaran li rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam farsiyan from Persia. He was neighbor in Medina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Neighbor to Holy Prophet sallallahu one day he arranged some dinner for Holy Prophet He cooked dinner and went to Holy Prophet house to invite him on the dinner. When he invited Holy Prophet to come for dinner, at that time Ummul Muminin Sayyida Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha was sitting next to Holy Prophet. He asked, he requested Ya Rasulullah to come to my house for dinner. But he invited just Holy Prophet, only Holy Prophet. And he didn't invite Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa ta'ala to accompany him. Holy Prophet asked, Wahadehi, what about Aisha? Ta'ala he said, La, the Farsi Persian. The Persian neighbor said, No, Ya Rasulullah, she is not invited. I am extending my invitation to you, to yourself. When he said, La, then Holy Prophet replied, La. If you say La, then I also say La. No. Then again, Holy Prophet asked, He said, Ya Rasulullah, please come to my dinner. Holy Prophet again said, What about this Aisha? He said, La. Holy Prophet again replied, La. La for La. He again invited Ya Rasulullah, please come to my dinner. He said, Wahazehi, what about Aisha? He said, La. Holy Prophet said, La for La. If you say no, I say no. When this happened three times, then he understood that Holy Prophet does not want to come to dinner without. Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala na, this is the consideration of the rights of women in the life of Holy Prophet to take them to dinner our brothers and our brothers and the Pakistani families they have to think do they take their wives and families to dinner on the weekends the answer would be la they are just in their houses to cook for them and they are not allowed to go for dinner. This is not jayas. So we have to reform, to change our lives in the light of the sunnah of Holy Prophet Then he said, yes, Ya Rasulullah, 
حضرت عائشہ صدیقہ از آلسو انوائٹیڈ پلیز ٹیک ہر ود یو دین ہولی پروفیٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم وینٹ اینڈ عائشہ صدیقہ رضی اللہ تعالیٰ نے آلسو کمپنیڈ ود ہیم اینڈ دے وینٹ فار دا ڈینر لیٹ می مینشن این انٹرسٹنگ تھنگ آف اولاما سنس میجورٹی آف اولاما آر مین سو وین دے انٹرپریٹ دا حدیث دے ول انٹرپریٹ اکارڈنگ ٹو دیئر اون سیکس دے آر میلز سو وٹ آفٹر مینشننگ دس حدیث لاٹ مینی اولاما رائٹ دیٹ دس واز دا دس ایونٹ ٹک پلیس بفور دا ورس آف ہجاب واز ریویلڈ دے سے دس ایونٹ ٹک پلیس بفور دا ورس آف ہجاب واز ریویلڈ دا کویسچن از ایون دس ایونٹ واز بفور دا ورس آف ہجاب واز ریویلڈ ایون اٹ واز آفٹر دا ورس آف ہجاب واز ریویلڈ واٹ دا ورس آف ہجاب ہیز ٹو ڈو ود دس ایونٹ اف اٹ واز بفور ورس آف ہجاب سو آفٹر ورس آف ہجاب دے کین گو ود دیئر فرزمنٹس ود ہجاب so they they want to explain that no this was not permissible afterwards because the society is male dominant society but i have seen some of my friends and some of my sons he said after my wife has heard the lectures of my lectures on tv in favor of the rights of women i am in too much trouble in my house <laughs> the whole situation has turned now i have to cook my wife says cooking is not our duty i have to clean she says qibla huzur has said cooking and cleaning is not our duty so i have to do everything she says these things are not our duty ummul mu'minin sayyida aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala ana states and this again hadith is again related by imam bukhari this was the practice of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam kana rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam iza arada safran aqra'a bayna nisaihi fa ayyatuhunna kharaja sahmuha kharaja biha ma'ahu reported in sahih bukhari kitabul hiba she says whenever holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to travel he used to draw the lots of his wives whoever's lot was picked up she would go with holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam during the journey so he never traveled without wife same was the practice and sunnah of the companions that wise even when sayyidina imam al husain was traveling to karbala his family was also with him his family was also with him what his family had to do in karbala just he was performing the sunnah of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that the families the wives and the daughters and the sisters and children and the kids they are also involved in religious and islamic matters this would become a part of their training this would become a part of their soba and tarbiya This is how Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam provided tarbiyah to the families including the children children used to sit in the company of Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and Sayyidina Umar 
and other senior companions used to sit sahal bin saad as-saidi radiyallahu ta'ala anhu states and this hadith is again related by imam bukhari in kitabul musaqat he says anna rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam utiya bi sharabin fa shariba minhu wa an yaminihi ghulamun wa an yasarihi al-ashyakh a bowl of milk was given to holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he drank some sips from there in that company on his right side a young boy a child was sitting and on the left side sayyidna abu bakr and sayyidna umar these ashyaq the great and senior companions were sitting holy prophet sunnah was after having some sips he used to hand over the bowl to any person who was sitting as the first on his right side and he never started from his left side this was the tayammun so according to his sunnah he wanted to start to give this left over to the people sitting on right side but by chance on right side a young boy was sitting on on the left side the senior companions like abu bakr umar usman wali were sitting he wished to give his left over to abu bakr and umar and senior companions but his practice was to give on the right side first so holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked that boy the young kid ataazanu li an utiya haula oh my son do you allow me that i may give this left over first to those who are the senior sitting on my left side do you allow me that boy said faqal al ghulam la ya rasulullah don't allow because you have drunk from this bowl and your lips touched this bowl and i can't sacrifice i want to touch my lips straight away after touching of your lips la wallahi ya rasulullah la usiru bi nasibi minka ahada qala fatallahu rasulullah fi yadihi so he refused and holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to give that bow first to that small boy holy prophet used to train the kids and young boys sitting in the company of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam his attitude towards his wives we think as if the religious life is a very dry life there is no scope of games there is no scope of tournaments there is no scope of playing in islam again this thinking is against the teachings of islam the sports are the sunnah of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he participated in the race he had been doing swimming in his early life he used to have the race competitions in madina and distribute the prizes among first second and third and a mosque was built at that place where he used to distribute the prizes it was known as masjid as-sabq he used to lift the weight weight lifting was done by holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
and here is a beautiful hadith in connection of sayyida aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha she relates and this hadith is reported by imam abu daud in sunan hadith is sahih imam nasai in sunan imam ibn majah in sunan and imam ibn hibban in his sahih and in musnad al humaydi and musnad ishaq and musnad ahmad bin hanbal aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala ana reports that once we were going to a ghazwa one of our journeys and i was accompanying holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam accompanying him and i was young at that time and i had not gained weight i was slim lam ahmil allaham walam ubaddin fanazalna manzilan faqala linnas taqaddamu fataqaddamu thumma qala li ta'al hatta usabika ka fasabaktuhu fasabaktuhu holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked me o aisha or he asked all of the companions that walk fast and go forward further forward and then everyone everybody left and this was a seclusion he said oh aisha let us have a competition of race so we ran together we had a race aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala ana had a race with holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam she said since i was slim at that time so i won the race holy prophet sallallahu looked at me and he remained silent after couple of years we were again traveling towards some place at that time i had gained a little bit weight holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam again asked everybody to go fast so that we may get a seclusion when this was the place was secluded he asked me again aisha let us come and have a race so we ran together in competition at that time holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam won the race then he tapped my shoulders and said now this is revenge of that day holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he had a wrestling with a wrestler and he was a non believer a kafir at that time he challenged holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for wrestling and he said that i would embrace islam if you win the wrestling from me but commit and give me a promise that you would not use your prophetic strength and spiritual strength you are not allowed to win miraculously there would be no miracle just fight and do wrestling with me with your body strength and physical strength and not the spiritual strength this was a condition holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam accepted his challenge so there was a wrestling and holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam won the wrestling and he embraced islam and he became a companion then in the last days of madina al tayyibah when he became a companion he thought that a wish came in my heart and i wanted again to touch the body of holy prophet in the form of wrestling 
I said, Ya Rasulullah, I want another competition of wrestling with you. So Holy Prophet again entered into the wrestling with me and he won the wrestling again. So all these acts are the sunnah of Holy Prophet. So Islam is not a religion of seclusion. It's not a religion of detachment from social activities. Islam is a full-fledged religion including all activities and all facilities for the men. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala reports again and this hadith is again muttafaq alayh related by Imam Bukhari in Kitabul Adab and Imam Muslim in Kitabu Fadail al-Sahaba. Ummul Mumineen Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala states she says I used to play with dolls and I had dolls in my house even after my marriage. I mean in Holy Prophet's house sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa sallam and he never prohibited her. She said once Holy Prophet came back from a journey and I was playing with dolls along with my other friends. He saw, he smiled and went in his room. Didn't say what are you playing with? These are the statutes. These are the dolls not allowed in Islam. So you understand some of the narrow-minded people if they see a doll maybe they shoot you. <laughs> they say this is against Islam. This is shirk. This is bidah. This is doll. This is statute. You are not allowed to allow your children and your girls and your daughters to play with dolls. Who is the better preacher of Islam than Holy Prophet ﷺ himself? He allowed Umbal Mumineen Hazrat Aisha ta'ala to keep and play with dolls in his house. Then Umbal Mumineen says, once Holy Prophet ﷺ came and we were playing with dolls and there was a horse with two wings. He smiled and he asked Aisha, what is this? I said, Ya Rasulullah, this is a horse. He said, do the horses have wings? I said, Ya Rasulullah, don't you know that the horse of Sayyidina Sulaiman had wings? So he smiled and went away. So he appreciated, appreciated the psychology of the girls, appreciated their wish, appreciated their way because through dolls they get the training how to upbring the children. This was a natural process of upbringing. Training for upbringing. Then this is another hadith related by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim. This hadith is again muttafaq alayh. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala states that some people from Habasha came. He says some people and there were companions who came from Habasha and he used to come every year to celebrate the entrance of Holy Prophet into Medina. To celebrate the day of entrance of Holy Prophet to Medina as Imam Asqalani has stated and elaborated. 
they used to celebrate the day of entrance so celebration of a specific day is also sunnah of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in this celebration they used to come and they used to play and they used to dance in their traditional manner and they used to play with their staves dancing and playing with the stave in their traditional manner in the mosque of nabawi in front of the door of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and ummul mu'minin aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala anha says that holy prophet asked me when the habashi people were dancing in their traditional way and they were playing with staves he asked me aisha do you want to see them ayas yaar sulla yes i want to see them so he stood in front of me and he asked me stand behind me and he opened the door little bit with curtain and asked keep on watching them so aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala na said so i watched them with permission of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then imam humaydi the shaykh of imam bukhari and imam ahmad the shaykh of imam bukhari and muslim they report in their books musnad al humaydi and musnad ahmad bin hanbal and imam asqalani relates in fathul bari that while they were dancing and playing with staves sayyidna umar radhiyallahu ta'ala no arrived there he came and sayyidna umar radhiyallahu ta'ala no snubbed them and he wanted them to stop it what are you doing in the mosque this was the this was the act, act of sayyidna umar and that was the act of prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam 